to Pop of Color Pod. I'm Ruby. And I'm India. We're two women of color recapping all things Bravo through our personal lens. As women of color, we like to focus on the underrated Bravo shows with inclusive cast. And if we're feeling generous, we'll add even more Bravo sprinkles on top. Ruby, don't forget that as we catch up on the Bravo chaos, we also like to catch up on the chaos of our lives. And there's never a shortage of that. Here's this week's episode. Let's pop off. Hello, my beautiful Bravo lovers. How is everyone doing today? It's me, India, by myself again today because our dear Sheree is in Charleston right now for work. This will be the last week that you guys just hear from me. She will be back next week. I can't can't wait um, to hear from her. Of course, we've been chatting about Bravo stuff via text, but it'll be so nice for you guys to hear her take on things. I tried to get her to send me her opinions of this week's episodes, but she's been super busy, so haven't been able to. It's all good. We're going to get through this um, because honestly, this is going to be like one of the last like shorter episodes for us because I mean, if we already didn't have enough to talk about, we'll have more to talk about. Winter House is coming back. Married to Medicine is coming back. Um, Beverly Hills, Miami, like we are going to be packed with the shows. And I think I mentioned this last week too, but Fall is the best time of the year for Bravo, and I'm super pumped. Um, but in the meantime, let's get on with, we will do Poppy Poopy, um, a little bit of Bravo news, and then we'll move into some quick recaps of Southern Charm, um, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, and New York. Okay, let's get into this. My poppy of the week goes to Bravo, okay? Bravo Productions, because the way that this week has just been the gift that keeps on giving, we got the Beverly Hills trailer, and today we got the Miami trailer. I'm so pumped. Um, So they are my poppy of the week. Both seasons look chaotic for different reasons. The Beverly Hills season, of course, it looks like we're going to get a lot of focus on Mauricio and Kyle and just their separation. Of course, they started out the trailer with like the ending, I'm guessing, of like the season because they had to restart filming once the news leaked of their separation. But you see over the course of the trailer um, throughout the season that there's been speculation about their marriage and like if they're good. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. I'm really excited for that trailer. Um, I'm not really too excited for the new girl. I hear she's a little chaotic, but we'll see. We're getting, we get a lot of surprise guests. I know Cynthia Bailey is going to be on there. Of course, our Denise Richards. Um, and I think even I heard Lars is going to be on there. Random. But anyway, super excited for that trailer. Now, Miami. Who? Everyone on this season. First of all, they haven't switched up the cast at all. It's really a perfect cast. Um, but everyone is activated. Okay. Lisa is activated screaming on that alligator boat or wherever they were. Nicole is activated and telling people to shut the fuck up. Kiki's activated, activated, telling people to shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up just seems to be the common (laughs) word or a phrase for them all to be using this, um, trailer. Oh, we see Alexia has like money troubles with like her apartment, which interesting. I thought that she owned it, but 
like they needed to be out in 15 days. I don't really understand that. Whatever. Everyone goes through stuff. So I'm not, I don't even really care about that. Um, but I'm just really excited to see these ladies. Of course, Gertie going through her health issues, um, which hits very close to home for me and Ruby. Um, you know, just really important to get your test taken and to um, just take care of yourself. Okay. Take care of your mental health because what manifests in the head manifests in the body. So mind, body, spirit, take care of it all is what I'm going to leave with. But yeah, super excited. Let me end that on a positive note. <laughs> it's going to be great. Okay, so my poopy goes to Sai. I don't even think we need to really go over why Sai's a poopy. You know, um, I guess let's just talk about running since we're at it because Sai really has continued to disappoint me this season. Like, I was really hyped to have her on the cast. I love that they brought an influencer on the cast, like a real influencer, someone who actually is like making a living and monetizing their social media. Um, but she has just really taken a turn for the worse um, and just continues to do so. So we open up the episode with Jessel um, and Povit, and they're just at a restaurant, whatever, whatever. And Povit is just letting her know, like, hey, I planned a surprise staycation and I scheduled the nanny. Honestly, out of all of the husbands on this cast, Povit's got to be the best. Not only is he being, and you know, I don't want to eat my words, but not only is he being considerate of the fact that like Jessel just popped out twins, is going through postpartum because I think people think, and I have not had a kid, but I just hear from like my friends who have kids or even like my mom and like, and like on TikTok, which I get a lot of my information from, that people who have had children, like postpartum can last longer than a, a month. Like it can last for a year and and longer, you know? So I think having that sort of grace for your wife, like not only does she pop out two children, carry two children for for two months, but she also popped out those two children. And then you, of course, have to take care of those two children. Like grace is needed. So I just think he's such a gem. And I think like since she's expressed like, hey, like we got to get back on the saddle. He's also game and they're really working at that. I just think they're a great couple and I'm so rooting for them. Okay, so then the next scene, we see Jenna and Brent at a bar. Brent is honestly like the best wing woman that a girl could ask for. Not only for men like for women because she was great wing woman for jenna but i think also as a friend like i don't think like she's a flirt yes but i think that if you like a guy she's not gonna like go for them like she's not a grimy friend she's not gonna be like oh well you like him but i like him too like i'm gonna flirt whatever because you know you have those friends who or not friends but people who you can tell that you like someone and they will go and flirt with that person too just to see if that person they can get that person to like them. It's really like weird behavior. And so I think Brent is such a good friend. Um, it was just so interesting to me that Jenna is just so shy. Like she's that shy person and she needs that like sort of person to bounce off of. And I was like that a lot when I was younger. I'm still like that a little bit. I love to go out with a friend who's a little bit more outgoing. Sometimes I'm the outgoing friend. Um, and just someone that you can trust to be able to have communication and like bounce off of and flirt. Like, you know, like 
be be a good wing woman. I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but just be a good wing woman. You know what I'm, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Like having that perfect person to go out with that you work as a tandem. It's it's low key like the best type of feeling to go out with someone like that. So Jenna's being all shy with this girl that um, comes up to her, and Brandon's just like, okay, so we're gonna broker this deal. What you, what we're gonna do is you're gonna write your number on her wrist. When I walk away, you're going to kiss it and we're going to arrange for you guys to call each other. So it happened just like that. It was so cute. And then Brand is like, you're not allowed to take a picture of this, but I'm going to take a picture because knowing you, you'll wipe it off. And I want to make sure that you have this number to like use. So I thought that was cute too. But Jenna, please, like <laughs> the fact that she told this girl that she had fake all fake teeth. I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? Like, please please too much information that's like telling a guy that you have a hernia or like that your eyelashes are fake when you meet him like no leave some things to the imagination that girl did not need to know you had fake teeth girl like please okay so moving forward still love jenna obviously but she was just so awkward so moving forward um Cy and aaron are on their double date honestly i could skip this we saw previews of this Aaron asks I, and I don't, I, what, what I will say, cause I don't want to recap this. What I will say is like the fact that Aaron and Cy are getting such a kick out of like Jessel and Pavin not having sex for a year and a half is weird. It's weird. And so when you ask your husbands, like, what would you do? The fact that Abe is like, I cheat on you. Okay, girl, just be mindful of that. Like, if you're ever going through a rut and you just don't want to have sex because it's gonna happen, like you weren't having kids and right out, right out, right out the bat being like, okay, let's fuck or giving head, like please, 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 save it. That man may be cheating on you. He seems really swingerish. He's like, yeah, I want to be a swinger in ten years. Like none of that is good. None of that is good. I mean, whatever floats your boat. But if you are planning to be in a monogamous relationship and your man has these responses, run. Red flag. Red flag, run. Um, David, on the other hand, is like, well, the relationship would be over. And I'm sure what he means in saying that is, which I hope what he means is like, we will obviously have conversations about this and like talk about our needs because that's what relationships, like people in relationships, healthy relationships do, I will say. Like talk about each other's needs and say like, look, like this is how I'm feeling and work on it with each other, you know? But if he's like, okay, we haven't talked about it and the relationship's just over, like, uh, again, I'm going to say Pavit's obviously the best choice out of all three of these men. Abe is at the bottom of my list. Like, ooh, red flags. I also like looked at their social medias and like Sai is just pretending that she's not getting a bunch of hate in her email and her messages like just laughing. I'm like, okay, girl, it's really not funny. Like you really owe um, Jessel an apology. And I hope that we see that on the reunion. And if she gets a chance to come back and watch what happens live, that she gets like held accountable for all of that. Um, and then Aaron, of course, like posting like so much noise, but I love you throughout the noise. Your man is the one who said that shit. Your man literally said he cheat on you and he was not joking. Maybe he shouldn't have said that on live TV. Let's start there. Maybe he shouldn't even meant that. 
Like, so if that's the noise that people are talking about, if that's the noise that you guys are talking about, he caused that on himself. Okay. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. So moving forward, I think it was so cute for Brandon to be at the antique bookstore. I I'm not a collector of old books, but I am a collector of thrift books. Like I love going to a thrift store and just like having the intention walking in of like finding a book that's going to resonate with me at that moment and something that I may need to read. And that has literally happened to me so much. Like that was how I got introduced to like people like Pima Children. I think I'm saying her name right. And Eckhart Tolle and Marianne Williamson um and like the body keeps score like joe dispense maybe joe dispense i may have learned him from somewhere else but either way like i have found such good books in thrift stores and like books that have really like changed my life deepak chopra like i found so many deepak chopra books in the thrift store before like the secret y'all like literally books that have changed my life so i highly recommend it if you just have a free day to just like stumble in a in a thrift store and see like what you find that resonates with where you are at the moment and like maybe something that you might need so anyway moving forward um the fact that there is a 17.5 thousand dollar king lear book it just really the what what antiquing and like buy sell trade really shows you is don't throw shit away be a hoarder don't throw shit away because shit like a a King Lear book from the 18th, 19th, I don't know, century, $17,000 for a book, please. Like it, it literally makes me not want to throw anything away or just second guess it. Like think twice. Okay. So I'm just going to say think twice before you throw shit away, put it in a storage unit, become a hoarder, do what you got to do. Okay. So I thought that was super cute. Um, Uba has her spiritual event and this is like really the main part of this show is this event um I love woo woo shit I'm all about all of it recce yoga meditation I meditate every day now I've meditated so I normally meditate at least five days a week but I have meditated for the past 24 days in a row I'm very very proud of myself in like maybe almost like 300 days of this year so more than uh, like three-fourths of the year I've meditated, which I think is awesome for me. Go me. Um, but I'm really into all of those experiences. I think that they, like chakra balancing, it's it's real stuff. And if you um, just are open-minded to it, it can really do a lot of work as far as like healing goes. I won't get into like the weeds of it, but again, mind-body-spirit connection. So just, I think, being open and exploring, even if it's just meditating for five, 10 minutes, really open yourself up to it. So anyway, she leads them on like a spiritual journey and they do like a drumming, screaming exercise. And then they do like a guided meditation where she again, just takes them on a journey. And of course, most of them are really loving it. You know, Ubuk is crying because obviously like she mentions like something about her mom, which is close to her heart. So I was the only bitch in the room who was like, I'm already healed. There's nothing that I need. Like, okay, girl, you are the one who needs the most healing out of everyone in this group. And that is very clear. Normally, it's the one who's screaming, I don't need to be healed, that it needs to be the most healed. So it's not only her words, but it's what we can see. 
It's what we can see. And yeah, we could say that Bravo is leaving out some things like they wanted her to be the villain this season, but you can't change what someone says. Like they can't erase or add on to what someone says or how they behave. That's all her. Let's keep that in mind. So I'm going to skip the rest. I think it was cute. Just one Pavic getting ready for their sex night. Um, Uba talking to Brent. I just think Brent is the best friend that anyone could have on this cast. Like she just blends so well with all of them and gets like gets to know all of them and has her connection with them all. And we can just really see that like she is kind of like the glue between them and is becoming that. So I'm excited to see how that evolves over the next season. The last scene, of course, is Sai and Jessel at lunch. And this is where Sai really pissed me the fuck off. Like she, I mean, she has continued to piss me off this entire season with the food. I'd need food everywhere. With the judgments of Jessel and her upbringing. With the, um... What else has she done with the um, I don't need to be healed conversation? Like she has just continued to just be annoying. But this really took the cake because Jessel is like trying to be vulnerable in this moment. Let's back up. Let's back up. Okay. So first of all, Sai showed up to that lunch 20 minutes late. So basically she expected that Jessel was going to be sitting there waiting for her. So she wanted to have Jessel waiting to show up 20 minutes late. Her ass was shocked that Jessel wasn't even there. So the fact that she's like, I waited 45 minutes for her. No, you didn't. You waited 20 minutes, which again is still rude. Yes, a text message goes a long way, but you could have texted too and said, I'm gonna be 20 minutes late. And when you texted, I'm gonna be 20 minutes late, Jessel could have said, I'm still in traffic on my way. And it could have been over. Like, girl, don't stay here and play the victim. So again, Jessel shows up like 20 minutes later and she's so warm and of course I is cold and she's like you want to get a drink like let's you know like let's drink it's Friday it's the it's the weekend and Sai's like it's the middle of the work day I saw I've worked today oh girl you act like a glass of wine is gonna do anything to you like or you at least you could say I have stuff to do but like you know like get your drink girl like you don't gotta be so like standoffish she's just so rude anyway so We'll get to the meat of it. Sai is just, you know, saying I, uh, or Jessel is just basically telling her, look, I, I do apologize if you think that I was trying to compare your childhood to mine. That's not what I was trying to do. But I do, did in essence want to relate because I have had things going on. And she opens up about not being so vulnerable because like her family doesn't open up. And so it's really hard for her to open up. But when she opens up, it's often met with backlash from them. It's like, I can't even tell you about my life and be vulnerable without you judging it. Who wants to talk to someone and be vulnerable with someone who is going to judge them or tell them like, oh, that story wasn't good enough. That only makes people want to close off more. Like that doesn't serve any good purpose. So Sai basically tells this girl, I don't care. Like, I don't care. You're not being straightforward. Like, what do you want the girl to do? If she says, I have a hard time opening up and I'm trying my best. And then she does tell you something and then you automatically are like, nope, not good enough. What the fuck do you want from the girl? So then she also is like, you know, it was really hard again for me to talk about things. And, you know, the situation with your mom really like 
took a toll on me. Like it made me think about my uncle who was an alcoholic and I was really close to him. And it, it, I just have a hard time opening up about that time for me in New York because I just don't feel like I was there for him as much as I should have been or I should have stopped him from, you know, like getting into the weeds with alcohol. And so I was like, okay, again, she's comparing and she's being dramatic. Like, I'm sorry, what? No one told you you were being dramatic for your stories. Like, how dare you? Honestly, the nerve, the nerve. So then, of course, I is nonchalant about it. Like, I got to go. Sorry, girl, I got to go. Like, and she didn't have anywhere to be. She just said she had to go so she'd get the fuck up off that table. And it was just super rude. Like, I just felt really bad for Jessel. Like, yes, Jessel was late. But she also went to side side of town. She went to Brooklyn to meet her because she wanted to again, show good, good faith, like, you know, show, put a good foot forward, I will say. Um, so I just didn't need to do all that. Like if you didn't want to be there, you could have just said, I don't want to be here. And that would have been that. Um, so that's why I gets my poopy. She's probably going to get the poopy the rest of this season. I don't know how much longer the season is, but she's just, she's not a good apple. She's not a good apple. She is the worst the worst and you know I don't root for her to be off the season because I want to see how maybe this season transforms her and I just think it's too early to like take people out of the cast I think they should do something similar as I think Salt Lake City did which was they had the same cast from the first season for the second just to give them a chance so I hope that they do do that and I hope that she makes some changes next season okay let's take a quick break and then we'll be back with Salt Lake City Okay, let's get to my snowy angels, okay? Also, side note, I don't know what it is, but every time I'm on this here podcast, my throat gets so dry. Like, my mouth gets so dry. I don't know if it's because I'm only talking to myself and don't have Ruby to bounce off of and talk half the time, but it's honestly a problem. I don't know if I need to, like, I don't know. Maybe I just need to be more hydrated. As I drink more wine. Okay, so <laughs> anyway, let's get into Salt Lake City. Um, just trying to think of things that I care about. I don't really want to again recap the episode. I just want to talk about the the things. So Meredith and Lisa going to get facials. That machine is scary. Okay. The fact that it just shows you every single blemish. I was honestly afraid for Lisa after last episode where the producers like zoomed in on her face. I just think it was super rude. Like, A, she's older. Like, she has had limited work done. You can tell by like her smile lines and her frown lines that she doesn't have like Botox or fillers or anything like that. If she does, I'd be shocked. Um... And honestly, it made me a little nervous because I have dimples and I have a lot of like dimple, like little ones in my cheeks. And so it made me a little afraid. Like, what do you do for that? Like, what do you do for those lines? Like, do you get Botox? Do you get filler without like without ruining your dimples? Like, what are you supposed to do? Like a facelift? I wouldn't be surprised if Lisa gets a facelift, though. Like if she's like, look, I'm coming back snatch next season. And then I also wouldn't put it past her that she's like, F it, I love myself. Y'all can kiss my ass because I'm the only one on this cast with with a real face. And I just think that it's important to show like real faces without all of that work done. So anyway, they bond over that. They get their skincare done, like facials, whatever, whatever. 
talking about like their kids like i just like seeing them together but i just wonder how long that will last um without one of them having another meltdown both sagittarius okay that's sagittarius all right so anyway whitney and monica meet and i really respected whitney in this moment because she was basically just like look i just don't know if i can trust you like you're friends with angie you claim to be friends with lisa but then you go and like basically talk shit about them and kiss Meredith's ass. Like, I don't know if I can exactly trust that. And Monica is just like, you know, I get what you mean. At least you came to me and said it, yada, yada, yada. I'm just not really a Monica fan. Um, I'm just not. But every season needs a villain, right? Bye. Literally cannot wait. Counting down until it is revealed that she was the snitch for Jen. Okay. Um, Whitney and Justin celebrating them going back to work. I think it's really crazy to have a year non-compete when you get fired from your company. Like he was let go because his wife was on the show. But then you are still going to have me have a one year non-compete. Am I still making money from y'all? I don't really understand that. Um, is that's That was the most mind-boggling thing to me probably of this season was hearing that. A non-compete when I don't even work for you anymore? A year? Please. Please. Woo. Okay, anyway, so, but it was a real conversation about, like, the responsibilities and what they would do. And Whitney just saying, like, I don't want to backslide to doing all the domestic stuff by myself. Like, I loved having you help with the kids, help with laundry, do these things while I was working. Now that we're both working... I need for you to step it up and still give your equal, do your equal share of responsibilities with the kids. Excuse me. And then also just saying, you know, I want to be there during these like important times of my kids' lives. Like I don't want to be MIA like my parents were and that's when so many things happened to me. So, you know, I just want to be present and just know, let them know that, you know, I'm here for you. And I think that's really important um, in parenthood. Of course, I am not a parent, so, you know, there's that. But just growing up with when you have parents that work jobs, it's like, yeah, they have to feed their family, but making sure to be present when you can, which is no easy feat because when you don't give a fuck and you don't feel like it, like there will be days that I don't want to be bothered by anybody. Like I just want to walk in the house and I want to sit on my couch the glass of wine and turn on Netflix or turn on some Bravo. The last thing I want to be doing is changing a diaper, helping with homework, talking to anybody. So kudos to parents. Um, I know one day I will probably get there and maybe we will still have this podcast and I'll be like, y'all, having a child is nutso. But for now, I like my peace. And so kudos to all parents who have to juggle um, their their life and their kid's life and their husband's life. That's a lot. All right. So Angie and her family playing. Um, I don't really care about that. Uh, moving forward, Heather and her kids skiing. I thought this was really cute. Heather's also another surprise. Also took me by surprise this season that I liked her because last season I could not stand her even during girls trip ultimate girls trip i could not stand her i thought she was just annoying um especially with the whitney stuff but she's really turned around and maybe it's because she doesn't have that anxiety of jen um on her anymore i don't really know but 
I love that she played hooky with her kids and like took them skiing and like they had conversations about like her book and how she just didn't want them to be bullied because of her book. Um, but I just think that's the reality of what would happen even if they were in the Mormon community. Parents that are famous or have some type of influence, they're like you're, the kids are going to pick on you because they're jealous. And that and I love that the kids recognize that. Um, I did not really love that they quote Meredith Marks. Jealousy is a de- disease. Get well soon. Um, because what? Why are we acting like Meredith Marks is Martin Luther King or something? Um, but the quote, the quote works. Whatever. Um, Lisa and her party at the Bower Lounge. She's like, look, she's basically throwing this party because she wants to throw a party about you know celebrating her success and as a dig to Monica, like. I can throw a party and I, it can be an expensive party. She wore her Mugler denim like suit, which love, 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 love. Lisa's style. She's got to be one of the best dressed people on Bravo, to be quite honest. Um, so anyway, again, another thing, people and sunglasses inside. I, I'm not a fan. I like to look someone in the eye when I'm talking to them like and have a conversation when I'm looking at sunglasses, it's just like, it's just rude to me. And I only did one of them have sunglasses on, but three of them. Take your sunglasses off, please. Just please. <sighs> okay. Anyway, so Monica is over there getting her crepe and Lisa's like, you know, like talking, like how did it escalate from me being materialistic to a piece of shit? And just saying, like, everyone in this room is materialistic. Like, you're materialistic, which is true. Again, I just think Monica was projecting. And she could have just said, like, look, I'm going through a hard time. And it's really hard for me to see you have so much success because that's what I want. And I just need to find a way to get out of my feelings and get in my bag. Because that's what all she needs to do. Stop comparing yourself to other people. And, yeah, that's really hard. Um, You know, I face that a lot in real estate with... My friends in real estate and us all doing deals. And, you know, one month I might do more than another friend and another month they might do really well and I'm not. Like, that's just the name of the game. Be happy for your friends and just stay on in your path and in your truth and stay focused. There's no need for the jealousy. There's no need for that. Like, and I just think that's really childish of her. Um, even though I did think that the comment that Lisa made, like, Look at all them here in the room. Balmain, Valentino. She's like, Zara, Steve Madden. I feel like she's trying to be relatable, but we don't watch Housewives to be relatable. Like, we watch Housewives because we want to see these women in expensive shit with expensive houses, living expensive lives. Like, it's giving casita to me, and again, don't need it. Just don't need it. Um, also, Monica arguing at Lisa's party. I'm like, get the fuck out. Like, Lisa has class to sit there and continue to, like, be like, okay, we're good and want to talk it out. I'm like, get the fuck out. Also, I think it was really funny that Monica was sitting there like, you were bragging about being on a private jet with Snoop Dogg and blah, blah, blah. Again, a hater. A hater. A hater. And Heather being like, well, I have a picture with Snoop Dogg. And having the proof, I think, was so fucking funny. Um, another funny thing was Mary, Mary walking in on them arguing and, you know, Mary also, 
um, telling Monica, like, hmm, every time I see you, you're eating. Like, don't eat your life away. So fucking funny. Like, Mary sounds like a 70-year-old woman from church, like, from my church. Like, hmm, you're, you're eating a lot of potato salad or you've had uh, about five rolls, you know? You want real rolls in, in real life? Like, it was just so funny um, because that is really how, like, women in church are, are, like, a little judgmental of, like, your eating habits. Most of the time, they be 600 pounds walking down the, the fucking um, hallway. And you're like, what are you talking about me, Grandma? Like, how about you get yourself together and stop worrying about me and my potato salad and my rolls? Anyway. <laughs> Um, I just thought that was funny. I also thought it was funny that Mary said that she uses her nails as nose pickers because I'm not going to lie. Like, I mean, we all have picked our nose. Like, it's so satisfying. That's so TMI. But when you have those like long, like nails, like, like the almond shape that just are able to get like the crevices of your nose that like normal nails can't, it's, it's a scale. Wash your hands, of course, please. But it will take you places that a Q-tip cannot. <laughs> so anyway, please don't judge me. Honestly, I don't give a fuck if you do because you probably have done it too. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is Monica knowing this rumor about Angie. She's not a friend. The fact that Monica told um, Whitney at the lunch that like, yeah, oh no, I think Whitney told Monica, like, yeah, I just feel really uncomfortable because Meredith said that she had, like, all this dirt on Angie's um, husband. And the fact that Monica was like, yeah, you don't know. Like, everyone knows. Like, he's fucking other men. And they have an, an, an arrangement about it. Like, basically saying that Angie is, like, her husband's beard. And A, I think that that's rude. Most of it, I think, is rude is because, like, it's just not okay to out someone in their sexuality on TV. Like, you never know what someone's going through. You never know why that they, why they aren't able to come forth and be honest and open about their life. Like, that is just really rude. Um, it'd be one thing, of course, if he was lying to her about it and was doing these things and cheating on her um, and not being open with her about it. But again, that's no one's business. And the fact that Monica knew about it and didn't like tell Angie in the first place and just waited until Whitney's like, oh no, we have to tell Angie. She's a snake. She's a snake. I mean, she's clearly already a snake for snitching on Jen, but she's a snake. Don't trust her at all. And that pretty much wraps up Salt Lake City. Um, it was a good episode. I would say that out of the two, I enjoyed Salt Lake the most because it just made me laugh. Um, but Roni, I enjoy just seeing like the parts of Bren, um, and learning more about Jessalyn Povitt and honestly just seeing Sly make an ass of herself. So with that, I'm just going to do a quick, quick recap of Southern Charm. The only thing I want to say is Taylor is not a good friend. Taylor is so wrong for this period. Like the fact that. Like, okay, because if we can, like, go back in the timeline, of course, Taylor was dating um, Shep. So, of course, that's how she became friends with Austin. But then Austin is dating Olivia, and from that, Olivia and Taylor become friends. Now you owe 
like take um you owe Olivia, okay? You owe her as a friend to be a good friend and to be a trustworthy friend. And Olivia is over here just trusting you, yada yada yada. And you're over here letting Olivia know months later, like literally maybe a week after or a week before her and Austin make it official and then quickly make it unofficial that you guys were thinking of exploring a relationship. Fuck off. Seriously. And I really like the Taylor. I think she's so sweet. And honestly, I think she's one of those like kind of dodo birds. Like there's nothing upstairs. Not as bad as Raquel, but just kind of like, huh? Like I don't really get it. Like what? And she was probably in like a really insecure situation. Keep it to yourself then. Why the fuck are you like saying it? Like I just, I I couldn't believe it. And Olivia was obviously so hurt. We're going to see that more play out or play out more this week. But yeah, that was a mess. And obviously their friendship is just probably not going to be the same because how could she trust her? Like probably at any moment, Taylor could get with Austin. And maybe Taylor and Olivia not being friends will make it easier for them to get together because they might need need that, you know? I don't know. Um, but anyway, the other thing I want to say is Vanita is the motherfucking host of all the hostess. She had all the good champagne on ice. She had all of the food, like specialty gluten-free food for Olivia. Like she just is like, I mean, pretty flowers. Like it was just like such a good hosting event. And I stand like I, I aspire to be that type of host to just throw a party with nice flower arrangements and good food and good champagne and good wine for no reason. I well, mark my words. I'm going to be hostess of the mostest next year. And with that, that wraps up this week's episode. Please, if you can, if you are able, if you, if you typed this in to listen to us, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at pop up color pod. We're quite hilarious when we're actually active on those platforms um please while you are on spotify or apple um hit the five star on spotify and a five star um review on apple the more reviews that we get the higher we are on the rating scale and the more beautiful bravo lovers like you will listen to us and word of mouth goes a long way if i know anything in real estate it really goes all the way so we would really appreciate you know telling a bravo friend of yours that you know a good podcast to listen to on their morning or evening commute or while they're doing their hot girl walk or their 12 by 3 for 30 minutes on the treadmill you know what i'm saying we would really appreciate it and as always i hope you guys have a great rest of your week and me and ruby or ruby and i We'll catch you next week, next Thursday. Bye.